Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Lawrence straight back. Lawrence looks. Lawrence hit. He fumbles the football, and I believe the Eagles have it. They do. They do. Hassan Lenick made the hit, and the Eagles have it. Hassan Lenick on top of the ball. Yes. Hassan Reddick, hometown. Well, that's one of the highlights from last week. Maryland Mike, uh, as the Eagles beat Jacksonville, and Hassan Reddick had just a great, great day. We are privileged to be joined by one of my favorite people. Uh, the great Seth Joyner is with us today. Seth, uh, th- first of all, I may have screwed up the day, so thanks for coming on. All good now. <laughs> okay. Uh, second of all, uh, Jody Mack and I have so much to ask you about. Let me start with Hassan Reddick because it was a huge signing by the Eagles in the offseason. The first couple games, you didn't see the impact. There were questions. Is, are they using him right? Has Jonathan Gannon figured out how to use him? The last two games, including this week, hey, NFC Defensive Player of the Week, what have you seen from Hassan Reddick in how the Eagles are using him and his impact on the game? Well, I'm still not sure them clearly define how they're using them. I just think that, you know, when you think about situational football, um, they've been in a situation where they could put him at defensive end and play him at defensive end um, in situations where they've been ahead in the game. And really, that's his forte. You know, when you have a predictable passing situation, he's a pass rusher. He's not a dropper. But I understood. I understand why they why they're doing what they're doing with him. Everybody keeps talking about, Oh, he's not a dropper. He's not a dropper, but he's also not at 235 to 50, 55 pounds. He's not a guy that you can line up a defensive end every single play and think, you know, he's going to last the season that way. Plus, when you're trying to do, you know, your five man stuff, you know, there are going to be some times where one of those, you know, one of those outside linebackers have to drop. And you don't want BG doing it too often. I've seen him do it. And you don't want Josh Sweat out there. I think that, you know, Hassan Reddick is a lot more athletic than those guys in doing those types of things. Um, so that's why you see him doing it. But I think situational football has put him in a position the last two weeks where he could be really effective as a pass rusher. That's really what he's great at. Right. And, Seth, you, me, and Glenn are all a little old school, and we like to have what we understand as definition of players' positions. I don't know what you call Hassan Reddick. He's not really a defensive end. He's not really an outside linebacker. He's just, I, I think the word that uh, Jonathan Gannon used to, likes to use is an overhang player, which is a little different than uh, what I've been considering positional assignments in the National Football League. Is that the NFL today, that it is different than what we grow up uh, watching and or, in your case, playing at the National Football League level? 
No, because I think for people who really understand football schematically, you know, you can look at everything they do on the offensive or the defensive side of the ball, and you can find relatability to, you know, back when I played. You know, listen, they're, all they're doing, they, you know, they, they run a five-man front, and they take away one of the, um, you know, one of the outside backers. You know, you replace them with a defensive back. But you're still in the 30 front look sometimes. So sometimes you'll see, you know, um, the guy on the open side or the or the strong side kicked out. You know, the traditional 30 front defensive um, defensive end is a five technique player, but you can't get outflanked too much. You know, so they'll kick him head to head, and then the rest of the the rest of the the alignment looks the same. And then you got Hassan Reddick lined up on the outside, and people will look at that and be like, oh, you know, that's the 30 front. Well, it is, but in reality, it's a 40 front. I don't think teams, you know, until you get five guys on the line of scrimmage, you're really not, you know, a 30 front. Um, you know, everybody wants to be creative. They come up with all these new adages, all of these new, you know, the phrase, the catchphrase with coaches now is, you know, concepts. And to me, it's just a whole bunch of, you know, nonsense because, you know, football is football. And when you really get down to it and you really start to dissect it, you can't change it that much. You know, there's nothing new. Hmm. You know, some a lot of these coaches, you know, come all, oh, you know, McVay's supposed to be this, you know, this, um, you know, this guru. And I think one of the most creative head coaches or offensive minds in the league is Andy Reid. It's not that he does things different. You know, it's not that he's reinventing anything. It's just that he's extremely creative. That little play, you know, where you bring the tight end in motion, you know, and the tight end stops and takes the snap. And yep. runs a quarterback sneak. I mean, that's just innovative stuff. That's not. Yeah. It, it's not anything new. It's not a new formation or anything. But a lot of times, these coaches they're using all this motion to play with your eyes because they know that defensive players, the most important thing that you possess is your eyes. Your eyes tell you everything. And if you if your eyes are in the wrong place, then you're gonna you know your information that you're receiving and how you react, you know, is completely off. But um, I, I don't know. I just you know he. To me, he's the classic tweener. You know, when you go back and you think about when New England drafted Chris Slade and um, Willie McGinnis, you know, neither one of them could really play off the ball as a linebacker or drop a whole lot, and they weren't big enough to really be, um, you know, defensive ends. You know, so a lot of people have coined that those those types of guys as tweeners. They're good pass rushers, and they're very, very average linebackers. We're talking to Seth Joyner. Uh, you can he's a great follow on Twitter at Seth Joyner. He's a he, these days Seth Joyner is a media mogul. He's on you see him hear him on the morning show on Mondays with Angelo and Rhea and the group, which has become a real treat for me. You got your show on Jacob Media. You got the Seth Joyner uh, on YouTube. Seth's everywhere, so make sure you follow him. You mentioned Brandon Graham uh, kind of in passing, and two guys I've been very interested in this season are Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, two older defensive linemen. Graham was injured last year. Cox had a down season. Through four games, my sense is they've looked good. It's a long season. What do you see from them so far? Well, listen, I, <laughs> BG, you know, is just, he's such a, not just a great player, man, but I mean, when you really get to know him, he's such a good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what he's done. Um, I think that he sat back in the off season and, um, and looked at the re-signing of Derek Barnett. I think, you know, I, I honestly believe 
if BG, you know, doesn't get injured last year, that there's no need to make that move to bring Derek Barnett back. Mm-hmm. Then they go and they draft, they they um, they sign Hassan Reddick. And I think BG kind of looked at that and probably thought to himself, well, man, you know, they're bringing in guys at my position. You know, maybe they think I'm done. Maybe they maybe they don't know whether whether or not I can I can um, recover from this Achilles heel. I mean, the dude just went to work. I mean, I saw him in the off season. You know, we shook hands. I gave him a hug, and I was like, man, this dude is like solid, man. Um, so I'm happy for him that he's coming back and he's playing so well and proving anyone who thought that he had nothing left in the tank that he does, you know. So now he'll it'll make for some difficult decisions for the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, in the off season, especially, you know, with the number three overall pick, you know, how he's going to spin that into, you know, multiple picks that allows him, you know, to address the most important positions in their mind is the offensive and the defensive lines. Um, Fletcher, um, I, I, you know, there's times where I see Fletcher and he flashes and he's, he's you know, he, he, he can be dominant. And there's times where I just kind of scratch my head, you know, that a guy with that much talent isn't dominant all the time. Um, I think it says a lot that, you know, they restructured his deal and brought him back on a one-year deal. And then they turn around or they draft Jordan – Jordan Davis, and then turn around and restructure his deal, cut him and bring him back on just a one-year deal. Um, to me, it's kind of a prove it. You know, let me see what you got left because we just drafted your heir apparent. And like I said, we still got draft capital going into the next two years, two in the first, two in the second, and 24 to replenish that position if we have to with youth. Yeah. Seth, uh, you played for both the Philadelphia Eagles and the Arizona Cardinals. So you played in front of the Philadelphia faithful and the Arizona quasi-faithful. Not quite as passionate a fan base. Is it a good home field advantage for the Cardinals these days? That new stadium, the the overall uh, NFL passion that the fans in Arizona have? I know a lot of Eagle fans got on a plane and went out there, and they are as good a traveling fan base as there is in the NFL. What's it going to be like in that stadium tomorrow? Well, listen, I'm, I'm actually flying back to Philly, you know, this morning. And um, I was at a meet and greet last night with, that plane full of fans that some of them is already here. And I mean, it was just insane. You know, we <laughs> signed some autographs, took some pictures, you know, hung out with him for about, you know, two hours. Um, you know, Hollis, Hollis Thomas, you know, he and I did, you know, probably about a 45 minute Q and a, I mean, they just like took over this bar in, 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 in Scottsdale. So I, I get that. And and there's nothing like the fans of Philly. I don't care, you know, where you go. People can say whatever they want to say about them, but, you know, my years of playing in Philly and I played in three other places, there's nothing like it. You know, now, the fans in Arizona have gotten better, you know, from the time where we played in Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe to where they moved out, you know, to, to Glendale. That's a whole different fan base that's out there. So they've got more fans out there now. But trust me, the Eagles fans are coming. They're going to be here. And, you know, while you watch the game, you'll be hearing the Eagles chant. You'll be hearing the Eagles fans um, because that's just how we roll. Last one from me, Seth, um, since you are out there and get to see Arizona, the Cardinals more than we do. Kyler Murray is a guy who signed a huge contract uh, in the offseason. There's a lot of questions about that back and forth. Um, very talented. I was talking to our colleague Ross Tucker the other day who said 
his problem is being five foot nine. He really can't see over the line sometimes, which is why he runs so much. I guess I'm asking you for an assessment at this point in his career of Kyler Murray and how good you think he is or isn't. Well, it's interesting because I had um, Paul Calvisi, who is the um, who is the sideline reporter for the Cardinals games um, on my show this week. And, you know, one of the questions I had for him, how much does the missing DeAndre Hopkins really affect him? Mm-hmm. Because when DeAndre Hopkins is on the field, he's a completely different player. Um, I get Ross's assertion because, you know, he is short, and you want him to play from inside the pocket because he really can't see over those six foot four, six foot five offensive linemen. You know, if I was coaching him, I'd take a book out of, you know, um, not the Russell Wilson of, you know, this right. past Monday night, <laughs> not this but, 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 the, but the Russell Wilson, you know, of years gone by, you know, when they, when, when Seattle used to run their play action passes or their drop back, Russell Wilson would drop nine, 10 yards. And people really didn't, you know, a lot of people thought it was because he could create much more space that allowed him to elude the rush. But a lot of it was he couldn't see over the line of scrimmage either. So if you, the deeper you get him, the more vision he has, you know. But then you better have a pretty darn good, you know, running game that allows you to do that. You know, with Marshall Lynch, he could do that. And a halfway decent, you know, offensive line. You know, I mean, Marshall Lynch made the offensive line better. I think he started getting beat up later in his career because, you know, they couldn't run the ball the way they did back then. But Kyler Murray suffered some of those same things. And then when you talk about um, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, when he's a, when he's up, it changes, you know, coverage. You know, you really have to tip your hand and show your hand what you're doing because he's such a lethal weapon. So early in the, in the pre-snap, you know, he can kind of determine what's going on. It's a little bit different. Um, the thing that I worry about, you know, for the Eagles, you know, tomorrow is the fact that, you know, he, he is more dangerous when he's outside of the pocket than when he's playing from the pocket. He's the type of quarterback you want to make him have to operate from the pocket. And the Eagles can sometimes be extremely undisciplined in their rush lanes as far as contain is concerned. And if he catches you in man-to-man coverage, he can really hurt you because there's not a throw he can't make, but he's even that much more dangerous because, you know, he might be one of the best scramblers in the league as well. In the first two games, he didn't scramble a lot. The last two, he's been running around you know, and they've been a little more competitive. So, um, listen, he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. But if the Eagles are smart, you know, they'll come in with the intent of making him have to throw the ball from the pocket. That means you got to be a little more disciplined in how you rush. You can't take any inside charges and let him get outside the pocket because that's where he really hurts teams. You know, the guys that are deep, they come back. The guys that are short, they take off, and he can throw the ball a mile. Or he can, you know, be a man coverage. He's going to run the ball 20, 30 yards before defensively you can even react to him. So um, they got a challenge because you know, he's a good player. He just hadn't gotten off to the type of start that everybody thought he would because I think that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is the major difference maker and he won't be back for another two weeks. Yeah. Seth Joyner, it is always a pleasure. Look forward to hearing you. Uh, on Monday with Angelo Cataldi, as I said, follow him on Twitter at Seth Joyner. He's got all. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.